Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now. Episode number 100. You can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at Casey Stern if you're on Twitter. And if you aren't, get on there now. Get into the Twitter bio and you'll find the YouTube channel. You could subscribe, like, watch, and get all the videos, all the interviews, all the conversations of the episode through the first 100, including the eight-part Life Pod series, all the one-on-ones, the rants, and much, much more. Jump on board YouTube for that. And, of course, welcome to everybody listening on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Let me uh, first begin by uh, thanking everyone who's jumped on board and supported this uh, unfiltered revolution. This has been a ton of fun for me to kind of, you know, begin the foray back into uh, sports and doing what I love and, and getting to kind of build this thing from the ground level and be a part of it. And for everybody who's jumped on board and, and, you know, been uh, helpful and creative and supportive and the, the guests who have come on and, and everything else that we've done with the list. I'm, I'm just so thankful. So that I really appreciate all of that and thank all of you. Of course, also thank our sponsors, where it was always presented by our good friends at Bet Online. And with that, I tell you, football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. As your continued source for all your sports wagering info, Bet Online re- uh, features live betting. Free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. So it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Join in and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. As we get started for this episode 100, we will do the following. We'll look in depth at game two of the Mets and the Padres series and look ahead to game three tonight and preview that. We'll also... Get a little bit of a recap on what happened in a crazy bananas kind of a a baseball day yesterday in the postseason in the other wild card series helped set up what is to come. Speaking of which, I'll let you know that already got locked in, which will be out at some point later today, most likely episode 101 conversation with Mark Bowman, my buddy who covers the Braves and has for many, many years breaking down the Braves Philly series and previewing that DS. And let's start there quickly and say this. Uh, I am, I, I am the first one to tell you how wrong I was. There is absolutely no way that I thought that the Philadelphia Phillies were going to be a team that would be viable to do anything, even though everybody could do, you know, the whole and it would be fair. Anything could happen in baseball, anything can happen in the postseason and anything can happen in a three game series. Mind you, it happens all year. I've mentioned many times, speaking of the Mets, they're getting swept by the hands uh, at the hands of the Cubs earlier in September, right during the swoon of uh, bad teams who beat them when they were trying to win a division. Anything can happen, no matter how, how good you are. But the Philadelphia Phillies fundamentally so bad and seemingly so many issues. And we saw it play out on the base pass a little bit in game two of that series. But the pitching of Zach Wheeler, uh, Aaron Nola, I mean, these guys were terrific. I think you got to give a ton of credit to you know Gene Segura and the guys who came up with clutch hits. I thought the tone setting of Bryce Harper in game two with that home run early was big for them. And, you know, they get to the bullpen. They have a comeback against St. Louis and game one. And then in, in game two, Sir Anthony Dominguez, you know, look, you get you strikeouts in big spots and get outs from Goldschmidt. 
and Nolan Arenado in big innings when you're late in the game and you're trying to hang on and you're talking about two MVP candidates, that is not easy. That's a heck of a job by that Philly bullpen to pull together, find a way to get it through. Uh, you close out the offense of St. Louis and the, the Phillies move on. I'll say this briefly because I know we're in the postseason mode here, but congratulations and amazing careers from Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. I mean, we're talking about, you know, and I understand people are going to say, well, they're not in the same category, but here's a category that they're in, even though, you know, you've got echelons of Hall of Fame. They're both no-brainer Hall of Famers. And I say for me, it should be for everyone. I know Pujols is for everyone. There are people, unbelievably, who still seem to think Yadier Molina is not a Hall of Famer or think there's some conversation, and you're an idiot if you believe that because there is no conversation. That dude's going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest catchers ever. And when you look at it, as great as Pudge was, and we're talking about behind the plate, regardless of, you know, what infused or how, or, you know, the, the changes were made offensively, or how great Mike Piazza was offensively. I didn't get a chance to watch Johnny Bench every day. Uh, I grew up watching, you know, multiple, many, many great catchers, including defensively. I remember watching Benito Santiago throw from his knees. Uh, you get the pleasure of, of seeing and covering the careers of Joe Maurer and Buster Posey. There is nobody that's more of that floor general, that point guard on an NBA floor, that captain, that quarterback, that leader than Yadier Molina has been during my lifetime as a catcher. It's amazing what he has been able to do and the durability and being out there every day. People forget, you know, Yadier Molina, a guy who was, you know, trying to take the catching duties from a Mike Matheny, who eventually many years later, would be his manager. He'd get four division titles, I think, with him, win a World Series. He'd get fired. Yadier Molina's still playing baseball, which is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So got to give a lot of credit. Amazing career for Pujols and for Yadier Molina. Congratulations to them on unbelievable, unbelievable runs in this sport. And the Phillies move on. And we'll have more in episode one-on-one of uh, that, but by one-on-one with uh, Mark Bowman. The Toronto Blue Jays. Most importantly, you know, hopefully, you know, George Springer and Bobby Shedd will be all right after that collision because that was as, as scary as you're going to get. But when you're a Jays fan right now, the only thing you're thinking about is just how scary it is, the idea. And I said this, and look, I was very wrong about this. I thought the you know, Jays were seemingly very dangerous. This is how much in a postseason could change in two days. You know, they had played well down the stretch. They had, you know, M- Manoa from the front end and, and was dominant. Down the stretch of the postseason, yeah, regular season going into the postseason. Then Cal Rowley gets him for an early home run. And all of a sudden, that ch- that stage is is uh, set, and that tide turns quickly, right? <clears throat> um, you looked at their offense. They had the combination of the veterans and the leadership and the experience of guys like Springer and the young kids who can carry you, like the Bichettes and like the Vladdies. And look, hey, Oscar had two home runs yesterday. But for that comeback, the Seattle Mariners give them a world of credit. They took it from Toronto. It's amazing the story that they put together this year. The job Scott Service and his staff has done. That Jerry's done putting together this team. You know, it seems so long ago now that we were talking about Kellenic and whether or not he was going to start the season on time. And, you know, meetings at like the Knights of Columbus where, you know, owners were, were proving to be, you know, just horrible humans and all kinds of stuff that was going on. It's not that long ago. What, two years ago? Uh, the Kudos to the Seattle Mariners. Everything they've got going that 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 you know different day a different hero mentality that they brought to the table you got to give them a ton of credit Seattle moves on and they play Houston 
And not to be, you know, sit there and, and sold in some kind of last place, but it was the first game yesterday and we went backwards. But, you know, the Gonzalez home run, that, that scene, I watched that several times. What a scene that was in Cleveland. What an amazing job by the Guardians to send the Rays home, a Rays ho- a team that is, is, is tested and gutsy and feisty under Kevin Cash. We know always seems to do more than they're supposed to, but the Guardians have been understated by everybody. They've been understated because they played in that central division, which was a crapshoot of kind of mediocrity for a long time this year with the Twins and the White Sox in some kind of a three-team race in which they proved to be the one that will uh, use the survivor thing out will and outlast, and they did. But you got high-end pitching in the Beavers and the Tristan McKenzies and the Quantrills of the world, Class A's in the back end. You got a Class A Hall of Fame manager in Terry Francona, what Tito does with that team. They're going to give the Yankees everything that they can handle and more. That is not going to be an easy series for New York. They get the extra day of rest, not having to play game three in that set. So they get a little bit of layoff a couple of days themselves before they get going on Tuesday. And the Guardians are going to pose a problem for the Yankees. That is a difficult team to deal with right now that is highly confident and has a lot going for it. So credit to the Guardians for what they were able to do as they get a win and 15 innings in just, I mean, remarkable fashion. The Mets last night had a situation as we turn our page to that where they had a chance to prove that with their backs against the wall, they weren't going to let things end the way it did with the Atlanta Braves. They weren't going to let things end the way that the division ended. They were going to do something different. They were going to make something of this season because for all the 101 wins that they had and for all the success that the Mets were able to put together and everything that they did, it all would have meant absolutely nothing if they go home in two days. It's one thing to lose a division to then go ahead and win a wild card series and lose five games set, let's say in a game five and a tough series in LA and lose to a better team and say, Hey, look, the Dodgers would have you know matched up with them, maybe beat them anyway in seven, if they're on the other side of the bracket or whatever it might've been. It's another thing to go home in two days where Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom get beat up. Scherzer loses game one, seven to one. All of a sudden you're in a spot with DeGrom where you don't know what you got. Jake yesterday, that was gutsy. It was ballsy. It was everything you want out of a guy who is an ace. Aces, when they don't have their best stuff, have to stay in the game. Aces, when they don't have their best stuff, have to give it to And look, and I know people think, well, that's an excuse why he didn't have his best stuff. I don't know if it was blister-related. He certainly didn't admit to that afterwards. But I've never seen him go away from the fastball as much as he was in the middle of that game yesterday. This guy's not afraid. He was afraid of the confidence level of his ability to throw that fastball where he wanted it. For about an inning and a half, he went consistent slider, 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 and never went away from it. I've never seen him pitch in that manner. But for DeGrom to grit and bear it and get in that spot where he's got a chance, right, that third time he was given a lead to to get through. And I thought at the way he's pitched, even though it was only 95 pitches, I think, at that point, 90 pitches, I thought he was done after that fifth inning. But to get through Machado and Bell and get those strikeouts and to to be a, a guy who could say, hey, look, you know what? There's a, there's a lot of shit going against me. This isn't perfect, but I'm not going to let it go here. And we talked about this a lot yesterday, but remember, and you try not to put too much into it, this could be Jacob deGrom's last start as a Met. This isn't just, you know, the last game of the season for him. It could be the last game as a Met. And ironically, even though the 2014 Rookie of the Year had pitched in 2015 in the postseason, his games were on the road. He did not start a game at home in the postseason. This is the first time in his career he got a chance to do that in front of that crowd without his best stuff. 
dealing sliders. I mean, walk, walking two guys for Jacob DeGrom is like somebody else walking six. I mean, it's, it, people don't understand. It's like uh, Jacob DeGrom was, was good last night. People don't watch. They just look at numbers. The numbers are crazy. But this is a guy, you want to talk about the, the Maddox, like dotting of, of an eye on, on all four quadrants. I mean, he's doing that with all his pitches for like four seasons, including the beginning of this year where he came in, I think he had a 91 strikeouts and like four walks at one point before all this craziness, the last three, four starts for him to battle through yesterday, give a sixth inning where he said this after the game. And I agree. It looked this way from the outside, looking in, it was probably the best he had pitched. He was locked in. He wanted to go another inning uh, buck with a, a couple of extra pats that we saw play out virally on Twitter on the butt. And uh, you know, away you go to Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz being in that game was going to be questioned regardless. I remember being on the air at Turner and going out on the, the set immediately after Buck Showalter had decided to put in Ubaldo Jimenez into a game instead of Zach Britton, who ended up finishing, I think, that year third in Cy Young. Zach Britton being left in the bullpen in that spot by Buck Showalter years ago was at 2014-2015 was as bad a decision in a postseason as I've ever seen by a manager. It, you will not see a decision that is worse. Only ones that are that bad. It is in that category up there. But for Buck to adjust and to learn, and this year we've seen this with him, and get into the analytics, and we've seen, look, Terry Francona handled things differently. I remember a few years ago being there when he had his first run with Cleveland, and he sat there and he, you know, Andrew Miller, hey, you came over in this huge deal, but you're not the closer, right? You're, you're not, Cody Allen's going to be the closer. Then in a series against Toronto where they were about to go to the World Series before the game, he says, hey, guys, I want to flip-flop. Miller, I'm going to go with you in the ninth. Allen, I'm going to go to you first. I mean, he, he, was, he was showing that it's going to be based on matchups and that there's not that closer walks in with a save situation, ninth inning thing we're always used to. For Buck Showalter to adjust, good for him. Good for him. Buck Showalter, the adjustments that he's making right now, I, I, you love to see because it's a manager who's getting that you can't make the game come to you and what you want to do. You got to come to the game and the way it is, right? And then add what you do to it. Edwin Diaz going into that spot, 28 pitches, ends up getting you through two outs in the eighth inning, did a terrific job. And, you know, he said after the game, look, these guys know their bodies better than we do. He said after the game, hey, he thinks he can go more than three outs. I would expect that he's going to be able to go more than three outs in this game tonight. But, you know, people were questioning after the layoff of time. Now, look, I'm not a pitcher, so I'm listening like everybody else to, to Coney talk about it. And everybody's having their own comments and former pitchers jumping in on Twitter about what it is. But, you know, they don't want to play around. I mean, look what happened and how close it became with Adovino even. And, and Otto's been great this year where you got to have to bring in Lugo to even to just get the game. There's no out that's easy. There's no inning that's easy. There's no win that's easy. Look what happened to the Cardinals in game one of their series. Look what happened to the Blue Jays when they went home yesterday. I love the buck left Diaz in. Screw it. You can't play for tomorrow. You got to get the hell to tomorrow. I'm with EP, my guy, Eduardo Perez, when he's talking about that yesterday. You got to get to tomorrow. There are no tomorrow. There's only now. That's it. And that's how the postseason gets played when you win. You figure that shit out tomorrow. Because I don't know what the hell it's going to mean for today. I would expect that you could probably bring in Diaz for four or five outs. I think if you're going to end up in an eighth inning where Diaz is in a spot where he's got to face the heart of the order, he's going to come in in the eighth. And then it's going to be, okay, we're going to have maybe even a lefty in Peterson and a righty in Adovino or Trevor May or who knows who sitting there that are both double-barreled, 
right? While Diaz tries to get through the ninth. And then he'd be unavailable for a couple of days, maybe even in a game one, and you'd handle it that way. But that you gotta get to you gotta win today. It's about winning now. So I expect Edwin Diaz, if it's an eighth inning, it's the middle of the lineup, that's where he's gonna be. He's gonna be in the eighth inning. And then people are gonna be like, Well, how the hell is he gonna get through the ninth? Buck doesn't know, and neither do you or I, but they gotta get to the ninth. And what they did was they gave the offense more of an opportunity yesterday. So good to see the competitive at-bats from Francisco Lindor during yesterday's game. It was so important. He has not had those a lot lately in the last few weeks. Imperative to see Pete Alonso come through, and he does, and gets the, the go-ahead home run. Ends up being, uh, would have been the winning homer, right? If the Padres didn't get their third run, it would have been. Uh, ends up getting that go-ahead run with the homer in the fifth inning to give Jake a lead again for the third time. Uh, McNeil, what can you say about the batting title champ with the huge hit? Uh, he has been so great. All his ABs have been great. Even in the Brave series, all of his ABs were great. In game one, he is just a consistent at bat. Brandon Nimmo, who is going to get paid a ton of money, and you figure the Mets would be the team to do that because he seems to be locked into being a Met, but he is earning bags upon bags. Three hits yesterday, a walk as well on base four times. The offense might have gotten going a little bit. And now we'll see what they got against Joe, Mas Joe Musgrove. Uh, you're going to get Vogelbach back in the lineup, so you don't have to worry about Darren Ruff, even though I don't think you're going to see that again. Uh, I saw the uh, cheers, if you will, when he gets hit by a pitch late in the game, when he gets on base. So who knows what that'll be, but you'll get Vogel back in the game and back in the lineup with Musgrove. Marte, I know he went over yesterday, but again, the at-bats look to be no problem for him. There is an issue in throwing. That is something to watch if the Mets are trying to go deep or if we get into a situation in game three where he's got to go throw home. You know, will teams normally do not run on him because we know the arm that he's got in right field, but he had to show that arm yesterday. And, and I mean, literally, I mean, he, he almost overthrew everybody. Jacob deGrom off one hop had a barehanded just to keep the runners from scoring. So. I don't know what the situation is going to be with Marte in terms of defensively. He could run down balls. We've seen that's no problem. Run the bases. We've seen that's no problem. And hit the throwing is still going to be something where we might you know come come around to that again at some point during this stretch, whether in game three or if the Mets are fortunate enough to win it beyond that. But their lineup seems to have broken out a little bit, but it's it's as only as good as your next day's pitcher. And Joe Musgrove can deal. And he's got a great story where he's a hometown kid who's got a chance to, even though he's on the road, put on that Padre uniform with the big contract now and go send that team to L.A. to go play. It's not going to be easy if you're a Met at all. And by the way, you haven't seen Josh Hader in this series. So when you're saying, well, how many outs do I get from Edwin Diaz? You, you got Bob Melvin, Bo Mel sitting over there thinking that he can get six outs out of Josh Hader. And maybe even more than that, whatever the hell you need. We, who knows how far and how deep they're going to have to go into that 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 yeah, hater scenario, if you will, to try and close this out. It's going to be a race to see who can get to the dominant ends and the bullpen pieces that you want to put in there. What you don't want to have is a situation where Musgrove doesn't go pitch well and Bowmel early in the third inning needs to figure out where to go. And you don't want to have that on the other side if you're Buck, where I, I love the fact that nobody I want to see anybody injured. But with Joely Rodriguez getting injured, Taiwan Walker now back on the roster, I think that's a key thing because he now can be the guy who can come in after Bassett if he screws up early and, and has a, you know, a blip where he sits there and goes only two, three innings again, like happened in the Braves start. Because Tyler McGill is not the guy I want out there. Look, love Big Drip. Look what he did as a starter. Love his future. Love his potential. But he looked terrible. I got no confidence in him whatsoever out of the bullpen zero. And I think that to have Taiwan Walker back in that mix and add him in 
the fortunate nature, again, not wishing injury on anybody, but of Joely's injury with that shoulder to bring Taiwan Walker back to the roster, I think is huge. He could now be that guy, perhaps, if Bassett is to struggle early tonight in game three. It's going to come down to the best players play. Uh, Soto and Machado, what, what, they're going to have to be the best players on the Padres for the Padres to win at Musgrove, right? And Hayter. And it's going to be Diaz. It's going to be Bassett. It's going to be Lindor Alonso. It's going to be that way. The big players got to come through. But this is what it's all about. So it's all about. You got seasons on the line. You got, you know, we mentioned Jake. That could have been his last start. Maybe not. You think Max wants to get a chance to go in? He'd probably be ready for a game two in an LA series. You think the Padres want to have a chance to knock out the Dodgers after what they've had to deal with in that division the last couple of years and show that they're not the little brother? Both these teams are going at it with all the marbles or all going home. Golf course, one, two, three, Cancun, or one, two, three, I love LA. And I mean, this is what it's all about in the postseason. No other baseball games today. One game tonight, City Field in Queens. All the spotlight is there, and it is going to be absolutely freaking bananas. Jump on board to Twitter at Casey Stern with me all day throughout the day and night. I'll be uh, talking baseball with you and chat with you about whatever you want. Episode 101. I'm going to be doing previews of each of the series. That'll be Mark Bowman jumping me uh, on board with uh, the Braves on a Braves-Phillies preview. That coming out later today, so check out for that. Thank you to everybody who's been part of these first hundred episodes. Enjoy the baseball tonight at City Field. If you're going there, I am so damn jealous. Enjoy the hell out of this scene in Queens. Be rowdy. If you're a Padre fan, good luck to you. If you're a Met fan, good luck to you. And let's get this thing going because this first round has given us this new round. Already some crazy moments. You got it in the second game in Cleveland. You got it in the first game of that series between the Cardinals and the Phillies. You got it in that second game of that series between the Mariners and the Jays and that comeback. And so far in these first two games, look, the, the, the last game, it took with Maury Hone on the mound. I mean, I don't know what's going on with his pitch com, but, you know, that game seemingly took like four days yesterday. But, you know, there's been a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety, but it hasn't been a crazy finish yet, right? Seven to two, seven to one or whatever it was, game one, seven to three yesterday, even though you got to have, you know, tying run at the plate. So more interesting, certainly, as Lugo gets that last out on the grounder. But will we get some drama with everything on the line at City Field? And who's going to get the big hit? Who's going to make the big mistake? Who's going to go ahead and capitalize? Who are the heroes of October tonight? Enjoy game three. I'll catch you along the way. This is Unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.